Welcome to E Squared Entrepreneurial Edge, where the goal is to inspire, educate, motivate, and challenge budding and aspiring entrepreneurs. We will be speaking with various entrepreneurs, those who are on the edge, to tell their stories of where they started and how they're progressing in their businesses. I am your host, Savia. Tune in. We have a sweet treat for you. We have Shaquille Colby of Pulpy Artisan Ice Cream. They did a thing there over the COVID break. (laughs) First of all, we want to get to know who Shaquille is. Shaquille, thank you for joining us. We are just excited. I can't tell you how excited we are. I'm excited too. (laughs) Yes. So uh, let's just get right into it. We want to know, well, I want to know. I know we have been building our relationship because we are two business owners, but I've been admiring you. I want you to know that I have been admiring your tenacity and your courage in business. And I've always said that this guy is an intelligent business. And so, yes, I have had, I've had my moments where I watch you very closely, which any smart entrepreneur will do. And so tonight we want to know who is Shaquille? And we want to know more about Pulpy. Tell us about Pulpy. And before you start, why the name Pulpy? Because I always, I'm always wondering, Pulpy is such a unique name. Well, well, first of all, um, I mean, Pow is the pop-up trailblazer. So, uh-huh. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been like watching your page and seeing all the cool stuff that you do and obviously supporting too. Like, I love the walk. My favorite is, I can't remember the name, but it's like, like this pop. barbecue conk yes. with waffles. <laughs> I mean, that's my jam. I love that with extra frosting. you've been very supportive and we appreciate that yeah of course of course um so pulpy the name pulpy wow Mm -hmm. i I would like to say that it has some very deep profound meaning behind it um but literally we were just driving in the car my girlfriend Uh at the time who's not my wife we were driving in the car and we had just come from this youth meeting where we were trying to figure out like what we were what we were going to do to raise money for the for the youth ministry at our church uh-huh. and um we had come up with this idea of selling like some sort of frozen treat like cup maybe a frozen frozen kool-aid or pops or something like that wow. and we knew that we wanted to have fruit fresh bahamian fruits in it and so we were driving home and like somehow like we were just going through words and saying words out loud and oh the word pulp came out and then the word pulpy came out next and we just knew that was it it was going to be pulpy <laughs> Hold on, hold on. That sounds too familiar to my story, but another time in my story, but just like oh, you, filling wow. <laughs> off words like wow, because I wanted it to be like a firecracker effect. Exactly. And I just kept on riddling off, riddling off. And then I said, pow. And my mm-hmm. boyfriend at that time, now my husband, <laughs> was lying on the bed. And he was like, what the hell are you come up with that? Mm-hmm. It's almost the exact same story. Wow, keep going. Yeah, so so that's how that's how Pulpy came about. I mean, oftentimes the best ideas come at the moments when you're just being very random, very cavalier about things, and it just kind of it, it just clicks, you know. So that's where the name came from. Um, I think your second question was about Pulpy, about the yes. business side. So tell us. I know you would have started some time back. I think even before <laughs> we opened, and so I want to know your journey so far. And how, how has that been for you in business? Okay, okay. so um, in a nutshell, uh, we started basically in 2017. 
Um, we started out, um, our first event was actually Paradise Plates, which was a gracious offer that was extended to us from, I guess, a business mentor at the time. She okay. saw some promise in us and she kind of gave us the hookup because, you know, Paradise Plates isn't for novices. It's really for people who are established, like established restaurants, right. you know. Yes. Um, so us pretty much just winging it. We're in the company of uh, restaurants like Nabu, uh, yeah. Le, Pete, uh, Le Petit Gourmet, um, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, the big boys, exactly. And so we were the small fries at the event, but it went really, really well. And that was in 2017. And then after that, we had a long pause because we were kind of figure out, figuring out the direction that we wanted to go for the company. And um, it was a new direction. So we didn't launch again until April of 2018. Okay. I think so it was 2018. Yes, yeah, 2018. What, hmm? How long was your pause? So it was from the, the Paradise Plates was in September, mm -hmm. I think. I think it was September. So... The rest of that year and the beginning of 2018, we were just on pause between those two periods. So we hadn't officially launched the public yet, um, but we had released like a little video, a little snippet of what we were going to be doing. And it got like the worst reviews. Like people were just really? horrible to us. Yes, we, that was our first rolled ice cream video and people were just like, oh, that's nasty. What that is? Why not look like that? y'all trying to bring all this Chinese stuff over into the Bahamas, you know, why we can't, <laughs> people were just horrible. <laughs> wow, I never imagined that, because the love you have now from your customers is incredible. Yeah, it's definitely awesome. shifted. The tables have turned, surely yeah, enough. Um, yes. So we, we, you know, we took it as constructive criticism, and we kept moving forward. Um, and then the very first event that we had was actually at, at um, Zavia School, your namesake school. <laughs> And um, uh, that was a raving hit. I mean, it was just, it was the best day, but it was the worst day because we were not expecting to work as hard as we did. Um, and, Tell, run but, yeah. us through that story. Run us through. Because uh, I, I know these. <laughs> run I us mean, through the yeah. event. Well, you would know pop-ups are like, can be the worst, right? Um, yeah. From generator issues to the people, electricity wasn't working to um, customers being impatient, to running out of supplies, to the machine acting up. I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong, short stuff. I mean, it was just, it was really bad. But at the same time, um, we were able to keep our composure in such a way that customers didn't really get gather that things were going wrong behind the scenes. And they gave us, they gave us some really great reviews, not just about the product, but about the presentation. And so yeah. that gave us a lot of encouragement um, moving forward. So that was our first, that was our first event. <laughs> and sometimes, and that's all, that's an amazing start because sometimes you just need to learn by trial and error. Sometimes you're not yes. going to always get that, that um, experience from looking at somebody else's business. You just mm -hmm. have to try, you got to fail and then you got to do it over and make it a better experience for you. I so understand. <laughs> So much so. Awesome, awesome. And so now I don't want to skip over all of your story. So mm -hmm. tell us how you went from, because I know you started off with a tent. Is that correct? Yes, we started out with a tent. Mm -hmm. And um, now you are, you have your own 
building, like somewhere people can sit down and enjoy their ice cream. So run us through how you became, how you started off and now you've evolved into yeah. this beautiful butterfly where you're now allowing persons to come in, beautiful designs, restaurant, and we want to hear this. Okay, thank you very much, uh, first of all. Um, so we were doing the pop-up thing for a while that you're also familiar with because you kind of trailblazed the way with that. Um, this, is, and... this, night, this night is all about your keel. We were doing the pop-up thing for a while and then it became very cumbersome because yeah. for, for lots of different reasons. Um, we didn't have a very, we didn't have a mobile station um, that can move about. We pretty much had a tent, tables that we had to rent, chairs that we had to rent, a tent that we had to rent every single weekend. And we were doing Saturdays and Sundays. And so we had to tote pretty much everything and we had to wash on site, take back to our house. I mean, it was complete turmoil for our lives. We were both working full time. At the time we had two employees, which happened to be my two cousins who were in high school. So that was a, an added layer. And I mean, it was just, it was, it was really bad on us personally, uh, my wife and I, our marriage, our relationships, our work lives, our social lives, everything just suffered. And um, it was just, it was just very cumbersome. And apart from that, we realized that um, we could become more profitable if we had a location, like a stationary place for customers to know that we'll always be there. We'll always have these flavors. We can increase our range of menu items because we have a physical space where we can store um, ingredients and kind of experiment with new ideas and that sort of thing. And so it, just, it was just the best choice, the best decision for us at the time. And so we looked into getting a little small space that we rented um, in December of 2018. So yeah. we opened right in time for Christmas. It was a little hole in the wall. Literally, it was a literal hole in the wall. It, was, it couldn't have been no more than like, <laughs> like 50 square feet. Like it was, it was very tiny. <laughs> um, work. I mean, that's where I think you guys blew up at that same venue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, there was a step before that. We okay. were actually, at, we were renting a small room we were renting a room in a community center that was right next door to where we eventually set up shop. And that's where we were, the community, the Carmichael, our Carmichael Community Center. That's what it was called at the time before it was shut down. And yes. um, that's where we were. And I mean, that was even crazy because we, because I mean, we were so happy with the support that we got from the general public. We weren't expecting it. We had lines literally out of the door almost wow. every weekend. And I mean, we're so grateful for that process, you know? Awesome, awesome, awesome. But uh, to finish answering your question, so we moved to the little hole in the wall and <laughs> that was working fine for a while. And we realized that um, there wasn't enough space. It, it wasn't good for, um, it, it just wasn't suited for, uh, for the amount of customers that we would get on a weekly basis. And so okay. we, needed to, we needed to elevate a bit. And we understood that where we wanted the brand to go, it required a bit of a more elevated approach to the way we do ice cream. We wanted it to be very different. We wanted it to be a bit elevated, a bit more creative, um, a bit more culture driven. So uh, that's when we saved up our little coins and we 
moved on up to where we're at now. Um, we're very happy where we're at, where we're at now, and we think our customers yeah. are very happy with it too. So, your customers are elated. I've seen rave reviews. I've seen the inside. I've been there when I think on your first day of opening, I've been there, and it was just it was incredible to watch all of the people who gathered just to see the newness of Pulpy and the courage that you guys have. Because I mean, I was skeptical about going into my own building because my vision is different, but you just did it. You were like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I remember speaking to you that I, I, I'm not sure where, where we're going to go now, but mm -hmm. um, we're thinking about getting a building. And I was like, Hey, mm -hmm. yeah. you were like, you're like, you have a special grace about this pop-up thing. I just can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> you do, yes. I remember saying that. And, and you do. Like, and y'all are always so happy. Y'all have y'all power song and y'all just powering away. And I'm like, how do y'all do this? Thing. No, that's one of the things that you mentioned just now where you said the customers are not able to tell if there's something wrong. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, there are problems, but we, we want to make the customer happy. And that's what you guys have been doing at Pulp. And we appreciate that because I'm also yeah. a happy customer at Pulp. Thank you. So, Thank you so much. So, yeah. So you mentioned that you're now on where exactly are you located? So our listening audience will know where Pulp is currently located. Yeah, we're located on at number 71 Village Road. So that's if you're um, traveling up Soldier Road, you pass the light onto Village Road, um, you pass the Village Road Plaza, you pass TCBY, um, you pass, I guess, the Plant Nursery, and we're right on the light. Um, before you go on to Kemp, before you go on to Parkgate Road, we're right on that light in the big white building um, to your right, and it has a big pulpy logo on the top. You can't miss it. Yeah, awesome store. Please go ahead and visit. I wanted to know what's the name of your machine. I remember one one time ago you were using one of them, but now you've I think you've expanded. So go ahead with that. Yeah, so we started out with one single machine um, back at our Carmichael Road days, and then we expanded to three machines, and now we have a fleet. We just got a new shipment in, so we have a fleet of about maybe seven machines now that we're going to be rolling out very soon. What? Um, yeah, so they are called, I guess we call them rolled ice cream machines. That's what we call them. Um, so the way it works is that the machine actually has a flat pan surface, almost like a, like a frying griddle, kind of. That's what it looks like. And yes. instead of getting super hot, it actually be, gets very, very cold. So it goes down to minus 22 degrees, um, sometimes colder than that. And wow. we actually pour the liquid ice cream base onto the pan, which freezes the ice cream very, very rapidly, which allows the ice cream to have a very silky, smooth texture because the faster the ice cream freezes, the creamier and the smoother the texture when you eat it. And so that's kind of our like secret. That's why <laughs> uh, people say our ice cream tastes different from store-bought because of the way it's made. It's very handcrafted, like that's literally what it is, we handcraft it um, so that it tastes the way it tastes. Yeah. And people like that live action. I've, mm. I've, I've seen it, I've been there and I've seen them. And even though the wait time may be a little bit long with some of our businesses, people like to know that their food, that their ice cream are being made before their eyes. Yeah, and, they they and so it's a unique concept. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I, you know, it's a unique concept and people love that interaction that they have with your business. And so, okay, so what tactics? So let's talk about how you grew your customer base because we all know that's a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. We all know that social media presence is very critical and important for the success of your business. So tell us about the tactics you use. I've seen, like I said, I've been watching and I'm not ashamed to watch great <laughs> business owners. And, and I want us to know, yeah, there's nothing wrong with admiring other business owners. You only can yeah. learn to get better. And I don't, yeah. I'm not ashamed to ask questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't know, be. I always ask questions. So, and mm-hmm. you always ask me questions. And so mm-hmm. that's called build, building a business relationship. So I want you to tell us the tactics that you use in order to grow your customer base. Okay. Um, I would say that um, I, I'll give you some tactic, tactics, but I would say that our business is unique in that it was the first um, of its kind uh, in the Bahamas, I believe. I hadn't heard of it before we came out with it. And so um, we kind of had a little edge that we didn't actually, it wasn't a tactic. It was just kind of the way it unfolded because it was new, it was trendy and you know it was the first. So people were curious. And so that, I think the curiosity initially is what really drove people. But I would say that, um, I, even though we started and we didn't have like very good equipment and like photography studio or a good camera, we just used our phones. Um, we were very, uh, we were very keen on taking photos of our food that looked very like delicious. Like you wanted to eat it through the screen. Like that was always very, very important because I, I feel like when, when it comes to food, um, people eat with their eyes. Like they, it can, it can taste wonderful, but if it doesn't look appetizing, people are just like, you know, if they don't, if they've never had it before, it, it doesn't hit the same way as, yeah. uh, as it does when you have a photo that just looks like it's just dripping with the caramel on this side and the ice cream is melting a little bit. Like I, I thought about, I thought about like how, how do I want my ice cream to look right before I'm about to eat it? And that's yeah. what I thought about whenever I took a photo of, of, of an ice cream. So that was the tactic, I, I believe. It was, it's more psychological. Um, yeah. It's better than just taking a picture. Like you have to put some thought into the content. And so I think content creation was a big factor for our business. Um, yeah, so that was one. Um, the other one was kind of building a sense of community around mm-hmm. our product. Um, this is something that we're still working on. But just in our language, our brand voice, we didn't have like a big budget for marketing or anything. So we really had to just use whatever we had. And what we had was a voice. We had a personality. We had a perspective that we could um, use to kind of find our tribe because that was a big deal with us in the beginning. Like people would come and they'd be, they, they, like some people would make comments like, all of this for ice cream? You know, like, really? I could just go to the store and get, you know, you know and I understand where they're coming from, but that's just not our people. And I had to realize that if I want to attract our people, I had to talk to our people the way they want to be spoken to, I guess, if that makes sense. Yes, um, so brand voice was another part of it. Just when we talk about people, like we came up with a name similar to you, I think yours is Poundation or something like that. 
And so yeah. we came a title to our community. Um, we, we tried to like do giveaways, like um, keep track of people who were following us on social media. And then we just like give away free ice cream like every week um, and then take pictures of them just to make them feel a part, right? Yes, yes. Um, and uh, like we would remember names from Instagram because people were very engaging because when yeah. you engage with your, your following, they like they return the favor, they engage back. Um, yeah, so we remember faces. Yes. Exactly, exactly. So we did things like I, recently, um, because we were able to invest in a little camera setup situation. So we did like this Valentine's Day love story. So we selected this couple that's been with us from the very beginning. Uh, we actually know them by name, we're friends now. And so we invited them um, like on a date to Pulpy and we kind of just recorded it. We had them make some ice cream and we talked to them about, right. And we talked to them about their love story and we caught it all on camera. And it was, it was just like a nice thing to kind of engage with our people and just make them feel like we are, you're our people, we're your people, you know. Yeah. And yeah. It's so. one of the things that, that we also pride ourselves on, um, just as a person, Mm -hmm. You have to love customers in order to be in business. I feel that way. I feel if you love people, your business can go very far. And if you know mm -hmm. how to treat people, it can also go very far. So you've shared a lot of great information. And I really hope that all of the entrepreneurs that are listening are writing down notes and are, are taking these nuggets in. All right. So let's get into covid because right now we're in, we're in, we're experiencing something that nobody planned for all the time. Some persons, they have a strategic plan in place for these type of pandemics. And some people, they just go with the flow. So we want to know from you, how, how are you handling the experience with COVID-19? And I know that you are a conqueror and an overcomer because I've seen how you've managed during this time, but I think you would be able to give us a more in-depth story and how you are dealing with it. Yeah, um, so when, when COVID-19 hit the Bahamas, uh, we were thinking that, you know, we would, we kind of put out a plan in three phases. The first, and we gave them colors, like the first was green, the second was yellow, the last one was red, and we were very logical about it. Like the first phase is gonna be like, social distancing and mask wearing and health or, or sanitation in the restaurant and that sort of thing, right? But business as usual. Then the right. second phase would be like curbside pickup and, and um, ordering and that sort of thing to limit contact. And then obviously the red zone would be like just shutting down, send employees home and that sort of thing. And, and I, I had estimated that this would kind of go on over the course of like two weeks at a time or, or something like that. And I didn't think that it would go red right off the back. Like literally I put out that post about, Aww. you know, green zone and, you know, like I made it, I made, made it seem like we had it all together. Literally like two days later, shut down, everything shut down, you know, and we just had to take it all back. And I realized at that moment that it's really important that we, we have to pivot, right? We have to really um, take things as they come and kind of be very agile and very flexible yeah. and creative with how you combat these 
these little issues, um, big issues, actually. So at this, at this, at this moment, um, we are happy to be open again. And so we have integrated an online ordering system now so that yeah. uh, it's through our Facebook page, right? And so customers can go to the link in our bio on Instagram or they can go to our see menu um, button on our Facebook page and then a whole menu comes up and they can order online. We get the orders and then we fulfill them. People can uh, request a pickup time and we bring the card machine out to them or we take cash and it's all very safe and secure. And so that's kind of how we've dealt with it um, at this point. I don't think that it is the most sustainable thing. Um, so we might have to look into taking our ordering um, onto a website that we can uh, control better ourselves and offer online payment and that sort of thing. But again, all of this is financially taxing. And obviously in this season, we're not making what we usually make because people aren't allowed on the streets. And so it's, it's, it's very, it's very difficult that way. I'm sure, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And, and like, once again, there is no cookie cutter way to, to do this thing, to do COVID-19. So you're just doing the best that you can with the resources that you have. And you also making decisions based on what's available to you. Because right now you're an ice cream business there's not much you can't deliver because by the time as it reaches to the customer, it's probably melted. So you have to be more, a little bit more creative, which you have, I think you've been doing and it's by trial and error. And you've been doing, I think just that. So yeah. anything, let me know what else has been happening with COVID. You came up with something new. Have you come up with anything new during COVID? Usually in the past, we've been not so keen on, pre-preparing the ice cream and freezing it for people to just kind of grab and go. But okay. again, um, extraordinary circumstances require you to be a bit more flexible. So we've been doing that. The response uh, from it has been very good. Um, customers have been coming and grabbing and going and that sort of thing. Um, we haven't introduced any new flavors or anything like that um, yet. However, we are planning on launching our paninis and lemonades very soon um, because, well, yeah, because now, I mean, I feel like ice cream is a little lower on the priority list of people right now. People are going out, like trying to find food and maybe we thought that this would be a very opportune time to start launching our food offerings that we've been promising from August of last year. So we're, we're about to um, jump on that very soon. Awesome. And, and a lot of times in business, there can be delays based on what's more important at the time. And so timing is important. And so this is your time. So this may very well be the time that you need to segue and add more items to your menu, which you are mm -hmm. getting ready. Very good. Very good. Very good. Awesome. So yes, the big boy news. So you are getting ready to do something awesome and i am I, I don't know i get so excited because it's a passion of mine too so go ahead and let's tell the audience and i know some of your customers are tuning in what's next for pulpy wow what's next that's just a loaded question <laughs> um i guess the most immediate thing um that we've teased about is that we have a food truck that's coming in so i guess Ooh. you consider this 
location number two, Pulpy number two, uh, which is going to be mobile. So that's awesome. really exciting. Um, I don't know, amidst everything that's going on, getting it cleared and paying customs on, on that is going to be, you know, so we have to get it here. So I, I don't have a date for when it's going to okay. be launched. Yeah, it's not here yet. Um, I don't have a date for the launch yet, um, but it's on its way. So Popey number two is coming in the next several months. So we're really excited about that. I am excited for you both. That is exciting news. I applaud you for that courageous step. I know what you're talking about when you say customs. That's another story. We got to bring somebody else on this show to talk about how we could cut that down because we are very yeah. crucial. I digress. So Shaquille, what advice, something that is near and dear to you, a passion of yours, can you give to our aspiring, existing persons just watching, just to be inspired? What can you tell them an advice from one entrepreneur to another? Okay. Any yeah. I, I actually... Um... When you, when you told me that you were going to ask that question, I had to think about it because, you know, the usual thing you hear is, like, don't give up and, um, yeah. you know, your time is coming and persevere and, you know, the road isn't for the swift or the strong, it's for the one, you know, that, that whole spiel. But I wanted to think of some practical things that would actually challenge other, you know, fellow entrepreneurs out there who are trying to make their mark in the Bahamas, you know, own a part of our home. Um, and there are three things that are very, very important to me. I, I touched on, on one of them briefly, and that was the technology part of it. I think that we underestimate the role of technology in this country, and that's why we're so behind on everything, especially when it comes to ease of doing business. There are so many virtual technological solutions to a lot of the hindrances that we have for growth when it comes to small businesses, from accounting to point of sale, to delivery, to ordering and online and payments. Like there's so many things that we could be doing more technologically um, that would allow us to fast track our growth. Um, I think that it's important, especially given this experience to disaster proof our businesses as much as we can by coming up with um, better ways of doing business because when disaster hits um, and things shut down and our businesses, if we only have one way of doing business that's very analog, yeah. um, it, it puts us at a major disadvantage. And then com bigger companies that have more funding and have more financial leeway and more technological systems going on, they, they dominate um, and we're left to kind of pick up the scraps. And so I think technology is a big thing. Uh, the second thing, I have three. The second thing is um, uh, this idea that I've been thinking about it. I think we spoke about it briefly when we were talking about pop-ups and how these pop-up e events are becoming so common. common and unessential for businesses like yours and mine and others um, because we can kind of do it ourselves. And so the word cooperatives came to mind. I think that as small businesses, we need to band together a lot more. Yes. Um, I and, and not just on a very superficial, shallow level. I think that um, small, business can come, small businesses can come together to buy property, to 
to create a wow. delivery system. Like why, uh, we have to pay another company to deliver our food for us, but all of us have the same need in common. Why can't we just pull together and produce our own delivery system that can deliver ice cream frozen, that can deliver waffles still warm? That, you know, like, I just think that we could open up our minds and think outside of the box and come together and do something really great. Um, but I think we're so segregated and competition is so stiff and people yeah. don't want to gel too much and it's a problem. So we need to get out of our emotions, yeah. out of our feelings and come together and be adults, you know? Um, and the last thing is something that I touched on as well about building community around your brand. And I, I think that it was, it's very poignant to point out that in this situation that we're in now with COVID-19, um, it is essential that you have a loyal customer base. It's not enough just to have customers that support you because they're hungry or because, you know, their kids like your stuff. Like you need to have customers that are loyal. Like your product has a special place in their heart because it's connected to some sort of genuine feeling of community. Like you need that because when situations like this happen, your boutique business that charges a premium price, you know, <laughs> because you use like these special ingredients, like you, like our boutique companies and, you know, quality and that sort of thing, like that becomes the least essential thing on their <laughs> list of essentials yeah. very, very quickly. And so logic sets in when crisis hits. And so awesome. the only thing that's going to combat that is if they have an emotional connection to your business because that's going to make them say okay i'm not going to go to wendy's even though that's the cheaper option i'm yeah. going to go support my pow nation i'm going to go support pulpy i'm going to go support the business that i'm loyal to and so that's yeah. very very important yeah so that's it loaded 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 yes i love those three points and i want to ask like piggyback on what you said about segregation I think it is so important for us to really build those relationships because I think I heard somebody said one time ago, we don't compete with each other. We complete one another. Mm, yeah, and yet, business is a competition, but I mean, a lot of times I see hairdressers recommend the other hairdresser. I see, I see people working together who are in the same business. There's nothing wrong with communicating, building with each other. No. From one another, it's all a part of business. It's and a part of business. To, yeah, and you have to still be able to connect and be able to, you know, communicate with one another. So I love those ideas. I love those pointers that you gave us. And Shaquille, we just want to thank you, thank you, thank you for accepting our invite. It was a great conversation. I enjoyed every moment of it. And it was a pleasure. Again, my pleasure always. Once again. The building of relationships is so very keen and important in business. We have to get there, Bohemians. We have to be able to talk to one another. And you don't have to be ashamed to ask questions. And if you feel like somebody, just go ahead, go up to them and just talk to them. If you see something that you like and if they're doing the same thing that you want to do, still go and talk to them. You know how many persons are doing the same thing that we do now? And if yeah. they come and ask me, I will be more than willing to share not my ingredients, not my secret ingredients, but I will share with them 
some of the tactics and some of the things that I've done to make it where we are today. So Shaquille, once again, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to be talking offline. I know we're going to continue to build our relationship. Um, and that's how stronger. That's how we get better. And that's how we grow wise. Once again, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of E-Squared Entrepreneurial Edge. We will be back on next week, Monday. This is not stopping anytime soon because we want to interview many, 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 many great entrepreneurs, aspiring, those who are on the cutting edge and those who we know are going to make it very far. Thank you and enjoy your evening. Goodbye.